previously on Just Cow in the City. The writer and producer of Back to the Future zoomed in on the class yesterday. Not gonna be funny. Is this funny? Am I being funny now? He's so old. He's listening to the radio. Yeah, I'm on I-87 in Oklahoma. I'll tell you, everybody, there's a backup here. It's exciting shopping for car stuff. Then I put the racing stripe on it. Oh, no. Now I want French toast. That's because he's an ass. He's always in trouble, as if he was a third grader. He's like Barney Rubble. He seems pretty dumb, but he always has fun. Just cow in the city. Sometimes he's witty when the pressure is low. Just cow in the city. He's dynamite. Podcast should be on the radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Cow in the City Rocktober Edition. Yes, October 3rd, and yet I still seeking out. An Oktoberfest beer came to fruition last night again. I mean, I just don't understand why, with all the beers and selections they have on the planet, Dave Juskow cannot have an Oktoberfest, apparently before the month of October. Really getting on my last nerve. I don't even know whether that beer is good anymore. I mean, <laughs> I think I like it. Now I don't remember. It's going to be one of those things where I finally have it, and I'm, uh, I'm either going to be like, ah, or I'm going to be like, what the hell was I thinking? This isn't really that great. But, uh, you know, it's the kind of, it's, I, I don't even know. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to open with it. It's just driving me crazy. I don't know what's happening. I'm sure they have it in the bottles, but, you know, I don't go to a liquor store very often to get beer here in New York City. And last night, I did, but I'll explain that more. No, I'll just tell you now, I guess. There's really no reason to not begin what I did yesterday. You know how I usually go out after class. And this was a very interesting, and hello, everybody. Just uh, let me say that it is a, a horrible, awful, rainy, windy day in New York City. There's some sort of, I mean, a storm that's apparently so bad I got two alerts today while I was sleeping. Even if you turn off your phone, they don't. They're like, "Run away! This is an awful storm." I mean, I I don't remember them saying it was going to be this bad, but I I couldn't have been happier that it happened on a Friday when I have nowhere to go. If it happens next Friday, I'm going to be very upset because I'm flying that day. Wouldn't you know that would happen? But uh, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess I'd I'd be screwed today. I I think. It's really rainy and nasty. Uh, I, I, there's the sirens going on all over the place. I don't know what's going on. I heard on the radio, which, of course, I'm the last person to listen to, uh, that uh, cars were floating around on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. I don't know. I guess I'll have to check some of the footage. It's it's 
you know, it's hard to tell usually when you're in Manhattan or at least where I live in Manhattan, New York, USA, I can never see how bad it is for everyone else. Uh, you know, I just see it later either on the news, you know, especially in the uh, the other boroughs like Queens and stuff like that where they're all flooded. But to me, it just seems like an annoying rain. But apparently other people have a lot of other problems. But that's what's happening today. It's a perfect day to sit inside and talk to you guys, my friends, and the people that keep me grounded as a person when I have a lot of, uh, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if things are going to make it, but at least we have the podcast and we have each other. And that's a really good thing. Yeah, I've got to do multiple podcasts today, I think, and just kind of prepare for going away, which is something, as you know, I don't do very often. Last night when I was teaching the class, which was already the fifth class, it's almost over already, and everything's all set for next semester, I believe we, uh, my friend Evan came up with the name and I gave it to them. It needed to be in by today. The three credit class, it's called, <laughs> I can't even remember. And they're like, what's the name of the class called? I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, Funny how we got here. Brilliant title. Uh, we'll start off in the 80s and we'll go to the 80s movies, then go to the romantic comedies, and then go to time travel. Funny how we got here. Whatever the subtitle is called, it's, um, you know, somehow whatever it is and whatever they, it is they want me to do, I'm totally intrigued. It's just now the class is going to be two and a half hours instead of an hour and 40. And let me tell you something, putting together an hour and 40 every week has been a tremendous deal I'll tell you, you know, I you know, I change my hours now. I work on, as you know, Wednesdays from four to twelve. It's uh, it's difficult. It's just easier to work during the day. You know, I can put in some time before I work, and you know, when I come home from work, waking up so early, I get kind of sleepy and I don't get stuff done. So that's been kind of nice in that sense that I can get things done for the day before. But it really takes a long time. This week was no exception. We spoke about the Woody Allen movie Midnight in Paris, which is a time-traveling comedy and kind of a more sophisticated time-travel movie, mostly talking about the device of time-travel, which in that movie, if you've seen it, I believe it's from 2010 or 2012. I think it's 2010. Geez, so that's like 13 years ago. And he just, uh, Owen Wilson is the lead, and he just gets into a car one day and it travels him back in time. It's not explained, and it doesn't matter. And that's what I was trying to tell them yesterday. Sometimes it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you got there. It's not, this isn't the kind of movie that is. We don't need everything explained. He changed some things in the past, and no one cares because sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And the message, of course, the, the, the message of the entire movie is, you got to really live in the present. You can idolize the past or, or a certain time. And, you know, then I told the kids, I'm like, look at me. What do I tell you guys all the time? How awesome the 80s were. <laughs> they, they were laughing because I, I talk about it all the time. Professor, were the 80s really that fun? Yeah. <laughs> but whatever it is, and then you go back there and you're like, well, maybe it's not what I thought it was or whatever. Somebody who was living in the 80s, God, I wish I could go back to the 60s, and that's what Midnight in Paris is all about. Nobody's happy with the time period they're in. Nobody lives for the present. 
It was think of the good old days or whatever. I mean, I'm doing that right now when I'm reading the, the fall preview of the TV Guide, thinking about, boy, things used to be so much better. This TV Guide used to be a lot more fun, and that might be something I'm bringing up next week. But then I also had to go over our assignments for next week, which, of course, is um, I think I'm going to change the title. I call it instant screenwriting, but I think I'm going to call it We Need Something Here, which, of course, is a lesson about being in a writer's room and you need to come up with a joke or a line for one particular scene. So I show them the scene. We stop it. Then I say, what do you think they're going to say next? And they have to come up with two or three answers. And then we uh, talk about it in class. It's a fun assignment. It's an easy assignment. But I think it's something I would use every semester because I tell them how important it will be no matter where you go in life. You work at a bank. You work at a law firm. If you're especially in advertising, every once in a while you might be in a meeting like, we need something here. Can you think about it? We need a slogan. We need something. So, and especially for script writing, of course. So I do like to uh, tell you about the class sometimes before we get going because it's uh, what I do. And so then after class, as you know, usually I go out with my friends Evan and Glenn. Well, I guess Glenn couldn't make it. I mean, I didn't even tell them. I just assumed once I turned on my phone after class, they were already going to have plans. But apparently Glenn wasn't around. And Evan apparently got a whole bunch of shots, you know, flu, COVID, shingles. Like you get all those shots in one day. You usually get sick for 24 hours. So he's like, oh, my God, I'm out of it. And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's okay. And then he's like, no, you know what? Let's do so. I know a Korean place. And I'm like, Korean? Now you're talking. I mean, that sounded, you know, they got, uh, what is that stuff? I always call it bukkake, but it's, it's, I think it's bulgaki. But I love calling it the other thing because it's funny. And that is delicious. It's like, you know, beautiful seasoned beef over rice with some vegetables. It's really tasty. And so I'm like, yeah, I, I would totally go there. It's two miles from the school. I go there and this. It's in Wachung, not Montclair, and it's this like beautiful, like I'm going through this neighborhood, I'm like, and they say, oh, the restaurant's on the right. I'm like, how can it be on the right? I'm in somebody's neighborhood. This isn't like there'd be shops here or anything. And then lo and behold, you know, because it was, um, was it raining maybe a little bit? Uh, you know, you look to the right and there's like one block of kind of shops and little little restaurants and stuff like that, pizza places, and I'm like, wow, this is really nice. It was really nice. I mean, it would be fun to just grow up and have a block like that because he said, oh, my kids went to, like, elementary school around here, and I'm like, well, I guess that wouldn't be fun, but I I, I always picture Archie Comics. I remember as a kid, you know, when they're in Riverdale, wherever that's supposed to be, even though there is a Riverdale in the Bronx, and I think the guy that wrote it might have been from there, I always think of Riverdale, like how they used to just kind of walk around a little strip of you know, area, like a, like a, like a center of town, which uh, Edison doesn't still have. Uh, the only thing in Edison is another city inside of Edison called Metuchen, which has a block, which apparently is now going to put in a uh, Yestercade, you know, a video game place. So that's exciting. Something I can do after class is over and I'm visiting my mom. Maybe I'll head up that way. But, uh, you know, around where my sister lives at Westfield, they have a definite center of town. But where I grew up, they didn't have a center of town. That's why we always hung out at the mall. There was no center of town. And it's kind of nice to just have, like, you know, a block that you can just kind of walk around. It's not that big a deal. After dinner, we walked around. But we went to this Korean place, right? And he goes, oh, there's a liquor store across the street. And I said that 
I took that to mean they don't serve alcohol there, but thank you for letting me know. And I wasn't even going to drink any alcohol, but then I'm like, well, if I can get my own, you know, can of beer might be nice. So I walk in and the guy's already angry because it's eight o'clock. And of course they close at nine, but they really actually close at eight 30. And I'm like, I I'm getting fed up, but trying to remain calm. I'm also wearing like a, a suit. I decided to wear a suit to class every once in a while. You want to dress the part. So I tell the guy, listen, uh, you know, it's two of us. And he's like, are you going to sit down? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to go across the street to the liquor store. And I'm going to lick her up. So I make your place look ridiculous. I'm going to make a lot of noise. I'm going to be, I'm wearing a goddamn almost jacket and tie. Yeah, I'm going to make a lot of trouble for you, jerk off. He became nicer as the evening went on. I went to the liquor store down the street. I go in. It was very exciting going to the liquor store. I could buy anything. So. So what do I go in? I'm like, I, I, I figure I'm going to get a couple of Bud cans. And then I say to myself, what do I say to myself? Oh, God, I can actually finally buy Oktoberfest. I know they're going to have it in bottles. So I'll get two bottles of Oktoberfest. Now, I don't know whether you know anything about the goings on here in New York City and how beer works here in Manhattan and I think all of New York City. And I don't know how it technically works in Jersey, but in New York City, you buy beer. You don't go to a liquor store. You buy it at a deli or, you know, a bodega. And you can buy it all night long. And uh, you can take out two bottles of a six-pack and bring them up and and purchase them. (laughs) You know, like a human being. I go into the store and I'm like, and I see they got October. I'm like, oh, great. I, I take two bottles. Like, oh no, you have to buy a six pack. I'm like, what the fuck do I need with that? I start getting real angry. I'm like, listen, I don't need a six pack. I just need two beers. I'm bringing it to the restaurant. No, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I where? What am I going to do with the other six beers? Were you kidding me? I, I was just getting angry because I don't know their customs and I don't know whether it's just this place or I guess most people don't let you break off the six pack. And I'm like. Well, where can I, I just need a couple, but don't you have any singles? You're like, yeah, we have them down there. And I'm like, great. So I figured maybe they'll have Oktoberfest. But maybe they didn't have Oktoberfest. I still couldn't have Oktoberfest beer. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. I'm at a liquor store. They have Oktoberfest sitting there and I still can't have it because I don't want to bring it home because then I got to carry it home, you know, from my garage to my house. And then I, you know, and I, I don't drink beer at my home. I want it out and I want it through a tap. A crud-ridden, disgusting bar tap. Jesus Christ. I cannot believe it is October 3rd. I cannot get my hands on it. A stupid Sam Adams, stupid Oktoberfest beer, you pieces of shit. I hate this liquor store in Jersey. So I go to the back, and I'm like, well, can I, can I have a couple of cans of beer? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so I can take it out of the stupid six-pack? And he, I'm, I'm really yelling at this guy. I'm so angry. It's like, you don't want to be a dick when you're in somebody else's town, but I just, I obviously with the Oktoberfest, I'm fed up. So I just get two bud cans, which is well I wanted in the first place anyway. I bring them to the counter. I pay for them. And I go, can I have a bag to put them in? And he's like, no, we don't have bags anymore. What the fuck? You, I, I really was screaming. I'm like, you want me to just bring the beers out into the street? They're going to arrest me as soon as I leave here. 
carrying beers right in the middle of the street. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's like, they, they, they don't allow beers in Jersey, bags in Jersey anymore. I'm like, you can, even in a liquor store, I'm just supposed to walk out carrying these cans like a hobo. I couldn't even fucking believe it. I walk out carrying the cans. I'm like, I'm, I was like, I was going to put them in my jacket pocket. I'm like, no, fuck that. I, I mean, would the, I guess the cops, would, I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. How are you supposed to carry liquor just... I mean, what if I had bought like a bottle of Jack Daniels? I'm just carrying it around all night? I said, I'm from out of town. I didn't bring a bag with me. You fucking jerk off. I was furious and it's not the guy's fault. I know they don't have bags in Jersey anymore. But you know what? That rule has got to be stopped for certain things. A, a, A liquor store needs fucking bags. Jesus Christ. I couldn't even believe it. I'm just carrying these random Budweiser cans with me. I felt bad. I felt bad walking into the restaurant carrying a couple of cans of beer. You at least want to pretend that you're classy. And and I I don't want to insult the restaurant either by just bringing in a couple cans of beer. I mean, it looks ridiculous. So angry. Obviously, I'm still really angry about it. I mean, if you can believe it. I don't know if that's happening in your town. Let me know. How stupid that is. I mean, I know they're getting rid of bags, but I don't think it's happening anywhere else except New York. Meanwhile, you know, I'm in Jersey. I was at, uh, like, uh, the Speedway to get gas yesterday. They gave me a fucking bag. They're like, do you want a bag? I'm like, yeah, I would like a bag. They give you a a stupid paper bag. That's what they give you now, paper bag. A liquor store can't have a paper bag? See, I think they can. I think that guy was full of shit. I think his store was full of shit. And it's in that little space in Wachung. And go over there and give that guy a piece of your mind if you want. God damn it. Just trying to buy two cans of Budweiser and give me a lot of shit. And I can't get two bottles of Oktoberfest, you piece of shit. God damn it. Look how angry I was. I I picked up where I left off yesterday. Anyway, I walked back to that Korean restaurant. And I got to tell you, that food was fantastic. Are there pictures? Oh, there's pictures. That food was fantastic. Came out in a sizzling plate. I didn't even know that. And it was huge, you know, and I, I, I could have eaten a whole nother platter of it. I mean, I was just, I don't know whether I was just starving or whatever, but it was it was fantastic. I mean, it was so good. I haven't had it in a long time. You know, it was a really good time. Evan had something healthy, I guess. Oh, he had a, like, a, you know, he had a runny egg over his, oh, I love the runny egg over shit. That's fantastic. He said his was great, too. So, uh <laughs> And then I went home. And then, of course, as soon as I parked in the garage, it started to rain. Of course it did. That's why I was like, should I wear the suit? Because I wore the suit on Friday. I'm like, should I wear the suit? I'm like, I have the suit out. i just wear it again on Thursday. Now, why did I have the suit out? Excellent question. As I told you, as I've been teasing for two weeks, I was going to the National Arts Center last Friday, and I kept telling you I was supposed to go, I was supposed to go. Now, I did go, and you have to dress up. And I looked it up, because she's like, why'd you wear jeans? I'm like, I looked it up. They said, you know, nice jeans are acceptable. She goes, oh, that's nice of you that you looked it up. I appreciate it. Some people don't take that. I'm like, thank you, because otherwise I would have worn like a suit suit. But they said jeans are completely acceptable as long as they're, and these are, you know, dark jeans. They look good with the suit. So I went to the National Arts Center. Obviously, I had pictures. 
And of course, I only wanted to go there because it's right out of Manhattan Murder Mysteries, the Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, Alan Alda, Angelica Houston, Joy Behar, Bob Balaban movie. I'm thinking about it as I as I rattle off all these names. Uh, it's a real fun Woody Allen movie. And then, you know, yesterday I told I showed the kids Sleeper as well from 1970. I said, 40 years ago, this filmmaker, many times I didn't use his name. I just said, this filmmaker, this director, because obviously, unfortunately, Woody Allen's name is a little bit toxic, but these kids have no idea. They don't know. They never mentioned a thing. You know, nobody walked out. And that's the reason I t- I wouldn't have probably spent a class on it, Midnight Paris, I'm talking about, if if I thought there was going to be any issues. Uh, it's just so messed up that he's in this predicament because he's so brilliant and he's never convicted or anything. I mean, just people just, it's all hearsay and people just convict what they want to convict. It's not Bill Cosby who is a genuine piece of shit and, you know, we should never watch any of his stuff. That that you can boycott, but Woody Allen is still pretty cool. Again, of course, if he hadn't, Married his stepdaughter, all this wouldn't have probably would have gone away, but that's uh, it's a pretty bad deal. And somehow he got beyond now. If he had done that in 2019, I could see where he would have been canceled, but he did it a long time ago. People live with it, he moved on, people kept not thinking about it anymore, and then something else happened. What are you going to do? But anyway, I just kept saying this director and writer, and I said 40 years before this, he made another time travel movie called Sleeper. And this time it was more like a Rip Van Winkle thing. He wakes up, it's 200 years later. And I played them a little of that and showed them the the differences and the zaniness and the comedies he used to make until what he became a very sophisticated filmmaker, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. You know, move on and, you know, you can continue to do the comedies, but then you just, you got to be a little bit more adult. You don't have to, but you should. I mean, you can always go back to where you were, but, you know, you got to gotta move on got to move forward you always got to move forward especially as a filmmaker as a person now i haven't i've remained this exact same person as i was the day i graduated college and uh as you can see things aren't too great so i mean they sound great but they're still stupid and i really haven't moved forward so hard to uh but i'm not preaching it i'm saying this is what you should be doing don't take my example i have to tell this to my nephew all the time because technically, to some people, my life looks spectacular. But believe me, it is not. Although what I'm going to tell you today <laughs> will make it seem like it is. <laughs> so we go to this National Arts Center. And of course, I'm early. And I walk in. And this place is a complete crummy snobatorium. But everybody's very nice. Like the bartenders and stuff. And this girl that invited me, this girl Jen who had been inviting me for like six, seven months, and finally went. She came in. She looked really good. I got pictures. And she's like, hey, go to the bartender. He's my friend. And she was friends with every, all the bartenders and stuff and the, the waitress and everything. So it was fun. We got to sit right by the window. We took a picture right. I'll show you the difference. You know, Alan Alden, Diane Keaton right there, that same kind of picture window. It was really great. We took some fun pictures where I think there's one where I remember – like my face looked fat, so I was like really upset about it. Then there's another one where I think I look really good. I'm with these two girls, and it's just a good picture of me. And you know me. I don't think I look very good in pictures or anything, but it's a, it's a good picture of me that I would 
use some time. Well, it's also with two, two girls, so it's, it's pretty good. I guess nobody, I showed it to my nephew. He goes, well, those girls are hot. And I'm like, wait, I'm showing you the picture of me. But of course, I would have done the same thing. This is a guy. Anyway, she goes, uh, she goes, let's order something too. And I'm, she's like, do you have oysters? And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. But then I remember she goes, no, no, you can't pay for anything here. I'll take care of everything. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's, three dozen oysters, please. Because <laughs> I'm the girl on the date. So I'm like, yeah, let's order it up. But um, apparently they didn't have oysters. So we ordered, we ordered, I don't know what she called them, like little Franks, but they're, they're pigs in a fucking blanket. And uh, fried artichoke something, which were disgusting. But the little Franks, you know, those are never going to be bad when you dip them in mustard. So they were good. And I like the fact that she wanted to eat something, you know, not healthy. We just had a couple of those. We really didn't go to town or anything. I ate before because I wasn't sure. All I knew is when I was going to hang out with this girl, I know it was going to be an all-night affair. This girl likes to party and get serious, and so that's why it took me so long to hang out with her. I knew what I was in for. And I opened up with a martini because that's what you have to drink in a place like this. I think she had tequila. I think I had four martinis. And we did shots. That's right. She's like, let's do shots. And I was up for anything she wanted to do. I was prepared for this. You know, I had enough rest. I took a nap earlier. I had just enough to eat to coat my stomach. I think I had a slice of pizza early, like around 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I had it all planned out. I knew this was going to be a night of drinking and whatever. So I was drunk. (laughs) I, I... I can't remember being at that place. Here's what I remember being there is that, okay, first of all, she goes, first of all, I thought it might have been a date and still, who knows? Because she keeps calling and stuff. So I, I, I don't know. But let's just say this wasn't a date. This was just a, a first hangout. And she's the kind of person, you know, the more the merrier. So she's like, hey, I invited one of my friends. Uh, she's Russian. She just came to town. And she wants to get into real estate, uh, which is what I do. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, the Russian girl came in, and she was really pretty, of course, and couldn't understand a word she was saying. And she sat down, and then they just started talking business. But again, I was so drunk, I really didn't care. Uh, but then it was weird. They started getting serious about business. <laughs> she was like, and let me tell you something right now. She's like yelling at this Russian girl. She goes, if you sleep with any of the clients, if you even flirt with them, you're fired. And she was completely serious. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Who would get that serious out of fun? She was like, be complete. I'm like, wow. That's, um, it was, it was so fucked up. And I was just sitting there like, just drinking. I'm like, yeah. I get fellas, I think I'm needed in the game room. You do any of that, you're fired. It was really funny. And really fucked up. It was hilarious, though. And then her other friend came in, this really pretty black girl, Shannon. That was her name. Yeah, she was really pretty. And we all hung out. And then she left, the girl Jen. And when she came back, she goes, hey, I found this great guy outside. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Thank God I was already drinking, right? Because I was like, what is? And she bought in this guy who looked exactly like Alice Cooper, if he was a little bit cooler, I thought it would have been Alice Cooper. He was definitely, well, I want to say he looked very old, but nowadays 
I, I don't think there's anybody older than me. And he, he was just weird. And I'm like, why, did, why would you bring him in here? If you remember, isn't that going to be problematic? And then he brought a bunch of friends in. And I, I, I was like, why would you? <laughs> what's the matter with you? So yeah, he seemed okay. He was, he was hanging out outside. I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever. Hey, I don't, you know, what do I care? I'm not the, thank God I wasn't the member there. And then she goes, yeah, that guy became problematic. He kept calling me. I'm like, yeah, duh, fucking idiot. The waitress came over and we started talking about something. And she goes, and she said, I said, oh, you know, we were talking about Broadway. And I said, oh, I need to see this. And I saw this. And she was really cute and totally age appropriate. And uh, she's like, well, I could go out with you because you're not a member here. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, that'd be all right. I guess, you know, how I'm always looking for people to attend the theater with my you know the night was going okay as so it seemed everything was i mean everything was fine everything was great i was having a good time again we we're doing shots i was jameson and the martinis it was it was insane and we did two four martinis and two shots of jameson that's that's a lot that's a lot so i was wasted but doing okay and then all of a sudden she goes Hey, we have to go. My my friend's outside. He's he's driving us to my place, and I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> and it was one of those nights, very much like Midnight in Paris, which is why it was so great. It was the exact same thing, where I don't know if you've seen the movie, but what happens is Owen Wilson gets a little drunk after you know he's hanging out with his wife and her family, having a little bit of wine, walks walking around Paris at night, enjoying himself. Sits on these steps and this car pulls over and says, and they're all speaking French. And they're like, Bulu, 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 get in, get in. I'm, I'm doing a horrible French accent, but. Uh... I didn't hear you. What? Hey, come on. Come on. Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on, get in the car. Like get in, and he's like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> and he just goes with the flow, and then he time travels back in the nineteen twenties. And this is exactly what I was doing. It, I was, I was in my Jessica Dan character. I was Jessica Dan that night, knowing full well that was what I was going to do. I was Jessica Dan, uh, or Damone, which is Jessica Dan. You know, like, hey, my my friend's outside. He's going to drive us to my place. Hey, great. You know, <laughs> I mean. I might as well have been carrying the martini with me as I got in the car just because it was a complete party mode. So we get in this guy's car. I'm with these three really hot girls in the back. It's four of us in the back seat and this guy and his friend in the front seat. They couldn't have been anything but nice. Again, normally this is the kind of stuff if I really thought it was a date or something, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? But everybody was very pleasant so i was having a really good time and yeah, i don't know where we were going 
We could have been going to the Bronx, and I just got in that car, and I was along. Jessica Dan was in the house. And I'm just sitting in the back with these four girls, and the, the girl that I was with started, I guess she's Ecuadorian, so she started talking Spanish to the guy, and I'm like, what is happening? When did she begin to talk Spanish? What is going on here? I really don't know where we were, but I know we ended up around the Broadway area, I guess. I think she lives on that restaurant row. I don't know if you know it. It's this one block between 8th and 9th Avenue that just has a bunch of restaurants. Kind of let, That's where that Joe Allen's is uh, that I always talk about that, you know, again, before COVID, where everything used to be, you know, you could go there for a late night dinner after the show. And there's a bunch of, like, Don't Tell Mamas is there. Maybe you've seen that on Friends. That's where technically Paul Rudd is playing the piano and Courtney Cox or blouses, you know, see-through, you know, that or whatever. That's supposed to be on that block. It's a legendary cabaret place. So I don't know how we ended because it seemed like we were in the car forever, but it, was, it wasn't like it was a bad time. It was fun. And, I was, again, I was just going with the flow. I don't know what time it was. It felt like we were only in that National Arts Center for a couple of minutes, but we were probably there for a few hours. And then we just went to her house or her apartment, which she was like, you know, she was like, dying. She's like, I want you to see my place. I want you to see my place. And, it, you know, it was pretty cool, I guess. You know, when you're in Manhattan, everybody's place is interesting and, and cool. And we're just kind of hanging out in the kitchen the whole time. I, I don't think I ever sat down. I was hanging out in that kitchen for a long time, and we were just kind of partying Everybody was really nice. I was having a really good time. And it was fun to be dressed up while doing this. I really, I felt like I was, uh, you know, in The Great Gatsby. I really felt like I was doing the Midnight in Paris bit and it felt right that I was going to be teaching this (laughs) in a few days. And I felt I was really going with the flow. And then um, one of the girls, she's like, well, I got to go to work. And I swear, I don't know what time it was. She's like, yeah, I got to go to work in Newark, Newark, New Jersey. You know, that's where my cousin owns the Devil's Arena. But, you know, you don't want to go anywhere in Newark that's not Devil's Arena. I'm like, what time do you work? She goes, I work at this bar from 2 to 6. And I'm like, what? <laughs> in Newark? Do you want me to take you there? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going there. But I, I was assuming she was going to say no. She's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to Uber over. I'm like, wow, these girls know how to party. Damn. The Russian girl said she wanted to be a comic, and then she sent me her doing comedy in Gotham, and it's so funny because it's not awful, but it's like you can barely understand a word she's saying, which is kind of makes it funny. I was thinking about putting her on the Tuesday show, but she's a little annoying, so I can't decide. We'll see. Uh, anyway, we're hanging out, and then all of a sudden she goes, oh, uh, I, I say, oh, what's in that other room? She goes, oh, that's my Airbnb guest, and I'm like, What? She goes, yeah, and also she had this like, ah, I should have taken more pictures. She had a, a patio outside, like this other room leads you to like a patio. It was really cool. I, again, it was hard to concentrate because it feels like a dream. And she goes, yeah, that's my Airbnb. I'm like kind of worried about her. She's from Japan and she's just here and she's not back yet. It was like two in the morning and she just went to see a play. And I'm like, which play? And she goes, I don't know. So her Airbnb guest came back, this Japanese girl. And um, she's like, oh, we probably should go into my bedroom. So we give her a break, which was, I'm like, why do you need an air? Well, that would be like the worst day of my life having an Airbnb guest while I was having friends over and stuff. But she says she's been doing it for a while and she never gets bad reviews because I think people, when they come to the city, especially from Japan or somewhere, they're like, boy, it was fun. New York, they just party and everybody's really nice, I guess. So 
it was just kind of funny. So they all go into her room and I'm talking to this girl for like a half hour about Broadway because she only came to New York to see Broadway shows. So she scheduled, you know, everything I've already seen. She's going to see Back to the Future the next day and then seeing something that night. And she said, oh, she's going to see Merrily We Roll. Oh, no, she missed Merrily We Roll Along because that's the Daniel Radcliffe one my sister saw last night with Dory, which I'm going to go see. It's Stephen Soundheim, but it's Daniel Radcliffe. And she missed it because her flight was delayed. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I mean, when you come to New York, she scheduled like six to eight shows. I guess uh, every couple of years she comes to town and just gets Broadway off her list. So, And now I've been seeing so many shows, it's easy to talk about. And it's fun. It's like, uh, that's my way of, if people are talking about books, which obviously, I mean, I've started, you know, at least reading some, but I'm way behind. I can't really be part of the conversation, but this is something I can totally be into. And it's super fun for me. So that was really fun. And then I left her alone and I'm like, well, I guess I'll go join, rejoin the party. (laughs) Uh, went into her bedroom where the party was (laughs) and then it, 5.15, 5.15, I go, you know, I got to go. I got to work in like two hours. I got to work in three hours, but I it's going to take me. I won't be at home till six because I'm definitely walking home. I got to walk this off. And she's like, you, you really got to go? And I'm like, yeah, I got to go. It's 5.15. So she walked me out and I left that place. I remember going like, all right, I'm around Times Square. <laughs> And, of course, it started to rain because that's all it does here now. Just a, a drizzle. It was actually kind of pleasant. The weather was rather perfect for, again, wearing a, a, a suit and, you know, for a nice walk home. And I just leave that place and I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm going to be 70. I mean, <laughs> just, that's when you always, when you leave someplace like that, you're only thinking about your age. And quite frankly... You could be 34 and just be like, I can't believe I'm going to be 40 in six years and I'm still doing this. That's when you know um, you've been out too late, but everyone does it. It doesn't matter what age you are, but you have to think that way when pretty much the sun is coming up and you're leaving a place. There's no age that's going to be. But then, of course, when you get older, older, then you'll be like, yeah, I still got it. Then I walked through Times Square, you know, at five in the morning, which... It's probably not cool, but so interesting. 5.30 in the morning, nobody there. I can't remember if I took a picture or not. I know I took a picture because this girl, the reason she was late coming back from the show is that she waited on that halal line that I always tell you about on 53rd and 6th. She said, I waited two hours on that line. I'm like, oh. And then she brought it home with her. And I'm like, you know, it's not even that good. It's just okay. But that line is so spectacular. And then. It was funny when I walked I walked right past the line and took a picture. I'm like, hey, show this to your roommate. It's, there's no line now because they're packing up at 530 in the morning. It's funny because there's probably another one that sells the exact same food right across the street where there's no line. But for some reason, that particular cart, there's a two-hour line, 53rd and 6th. It's so crazy. And I walked up. I remember I walked past Radio City because Chris Stefano was performing at Radio City and they had a sign and I took a picture and texted him. I probably shouldn't have done that at 5.30 in the morning saying, I'm really happy for you. I'm proud of you. He's a good guy. And yeah, he's playing Radio City. And then you feel like a major dick, you know, like, wow, I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> this guy's at Radio City. I'm walking around 5.30 in the morning like an idiot. And then I walked home and I got home around six o'clock and I'm like, oh my God, maybe I can sleep for an hour, which I think I did, maybe an hour and 15 
and then woke up and worked and of course napped around one o'clock definitely needed that nap and i was okay i was okay i wasn't completely out of it i don't know how i don't know why i'm gil bender i was with hemingway and picasso pablo picasso and ernest hemingway I'm Gil Bender from Pasadena, Cub Scouts. I failed freshman English, but little old Gil Bender has this novel with Gertrude Stein. Oh boy, that girl was so lovely. That was a hell of a night. I got to tell you, a hell of a night. And when I woke up the next morning to work, normally I would go to Dunkin' Donuts, but I'm like, I think it was raining, and I'm like, I don't want to go out, so I just went across the street, and thank God the girls were back. I couldn't have been more thrilled, the hot girls, and this girl, Alejandra, and she goes, Dave, how are you? And I'm like, oh my God, do you remember my name? She goes, what's my name? I'm like, Alejandra. She goes, that's right. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do the accent. I hope that's all right. Alejandra. Oh, I couldn't have been happier that she remembered my name and that the girls were back. Because remember, there was like some dude there last once. I was so upset. And then I found out this awful news on Monday that the hot girls that live next door to me are moving out. She texted me and she was like, yeah, we're leaving. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) please don't. The ones that came over for a bottle opener that time. I'm like, no, no, you can't. Not only are they, you know, it's good to have really pretty girls living next door, of course, and they're nice and and polite and easy to talk to, but you just never know who your new neighbors are going to be, you know? It's a problem. And I'm like, oh, do you really have to go? And they're Venezuelan Jews, so we could say, I told them last week, happy new year, happy new year, have an easy fast. So major bummer, major bummer on that. That's what I found out, and I was just like, so... You know, the girls in the coffee shop are back, but the girls across the way are not back. And that's sad. That's really sad. Oh, it was bothering me all week. I was like, what is bothering me this week? That was bothering me. They're moving out. I think they're moving out today. She goes, I'll stop by today. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> that means I got to wear pants all day. Jesus Christ. I always wear pants in the house, but I sometimes just wear sweatpants. But I want to look. Well, fortunately, yesterday. So yesterday when I left. Oh God, you know, I, so I decided I'll just wear the suit I wore on Saturday to class, like I said, and I was, you know, getting ready late and, um, leaving. I didn't go visit Grammy yesterday because I, you know, every other day, sometimes I just, I just can't handle it. Cause you know how stressed I get with the diarrhea and everything. It's awful. So I just was home, but I was working on the, the project up until like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. I was like, planning on leaving at 2. Remember, the class starts at 5.30. I was running a little late, but I wasn't, st- I was a little stressed because I'm like, oh, is my car going to start? You know, all that nonsense that stressed me out. And then I run into her, Vivian, and she's got all her stuff packed. I'm like, oh, man, this is so strange. She goes, oh, come downstairs and meet my mother. I want- I wanted you to, I was telling her about you, and I'm like, oh, and, you know, her mother's really beautiful, too. And I'm like, what, you can't get her to stay anywhere? Why don't you move in with her? You know, it was really kind of funny. But at least I looked really good, you know, for them leaving. And, you know, I looked like I was a nice 
man that was taking care of them. <laughs> like, oh, it's too bad you're going to miss this nice older gentleman. I'm probably older than her mother, but at least, like I said, I was dressed nice. It was really sad. So that, that was stressing me out a little bit. Then I went to the garage, of course, and I know I, know I needed to get cash. That's, that's right. I wanted to get cash for not for the garage guys and, you know, whatever. I ran out of cash because um, I, I, I didn't spend that much money on Saturday. But at one point, they're like, oh, Dave, can we borrow $50? We need to get drink. I'm like, not borrow. Like, can we have 50 bucks? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> it's like that Simpson where Bart goes, hey, Homer, can I have 100 bucks? Sure. Wait a minute. <laughs> or maybe he asked for 500. Homer just goes to his wallet. <laughs> Wait a minute. So I ran out of cash. So I knew I wanted to stop at a, a bank and get some. And I'm like, well, there's a bank right on 57, but it's me in my head, I'm so insane. I have a certain way of walking to the garage. I go through this indoor place and that makes it kind of fun for me for a second. You know, it's a little peace and quiet for a second or no rain or air conditioning. I always walk through this thing, but I'm like, well, I guess I can take this different way to stop at the bank. So I took this different way. I stop at the bank and then I go down 56th Street, which the garage is on. Okay, so I'm on 2nd and 56th, and there is a school there where I vote, and school is letting out. And I don't know whether this is normal. I know it sounds like it should be normal, but it, this was a mob scene. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, as if I'm not stressed enough that there's going to be traffic or my car wouldn't start. Now I am with all these children and I, I'm, I'm barreling them down because I can't get through. I mean, it was a mob scene. I, I obviously couldn't take a picture because that would be awkward. But all these kids were just coming out of, I, there must have been 100 kids. Seriously, at least 70 kids all taking up the sidewalk. Now, I could have gone to the other side of the street, but I didn't because the parking garage is on this particular side so i'm like i'm not moving and so that delayed me for another 15 minutes for sure so i had to walk slower there's a whole bunch of people with baby carriages i guess you know nannies picking up their kids or whatever you know and have i don't know what the fuck was going on i don't know if that's a daily thing and it was so funny because i wouldn't have if i hadn't you know changed my route and i said oh and i said to myself oh don't be superstitious you know if i change my route this one time it's not going to change anything in my life my god maybe it'll make things for the better but it was so funny i changed the route for the first time in years and i just get into this mess which delays me even more i couldn't even believe it and i'm like i cannot i gotta remember this so i tell everybody on the podcast because it's so insane it was like the ending of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where all those kids are surrounding him. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So I finally get to the parking garage. And of course, uh, they say it, it's not starting. And I'm like, well, whatever. So I got this new battery pack. And uh, they bring me down to the second lower level floor. And they're like, oh, it's not here. Uh, we got to go back up to the first. And I'm already starting to sweat profusely, even though it is not 
really hot outside, but you know, it's hot down in that area. And you know, I hate that the most is you're all showered. You're feeling good. I'm dressed in a suit. The last thing I want to do is sweat. Like, um, you know, just finished a workout at, uh, soul cycle, but that's what's happening. Cause so he's like, no, no, let's use the stairs to go up the first. So we go up these creepy, creepy stairs to go up to the first floor. They tell me one of the elevators isn't working, and I'm like, of course it isn't. And we go up to the first floor, and he goes, oh, your car's not here. Oh, you know what? It is on the second floor. <laughs> so they get to go back down. So I'm already sweaty. I'm already nervous. I got this new thing. I hope it works. So uh, I get to the car, and I'm starting with this new the new battery pack I bought. And the cables are very small. You have a very small area with which to you know, attach the cables and keep them keep them attached because it's just they just you know they fit in a little bag they're not those jumper cables you're thinking of when we were kids that can go from one car to another they're very very tiny so i'm doing it and it's like working and it's sparking but every time it sparks because i it keeps detached because i have to press this button and then the sparks throw me off because i'm getting electrocuted (laughs) i detach them by accident i'm like damn it and I'm like, oh, no, did I already use the juice for it? Then I started to panic more. I'm sweating more. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, ugh. I took off my jacket. And then I took off my jacket and put it in the car. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you got to be kidding me that I am, like, making myself a mess at this point. So then I called the guy. Over. I'm like, can you just hold this thing so I can, you know, leave? So if you get electrocuted, you may not be uh, like me and you'll just hold on to it (laughs) and finally that you know that i press the button and it just i mean it goes on it's the guy's like wow this is amazing i'm like i know it it works like a charm it's a miracle it's just hard to work because i had also taped up a bunch of stuff and i think that's causing it too because i thought that would fix something but i think it made it worse i don't know all i know is this story is about my stomach issues (laughs) because can you blame me i mean Again, when you get up and you go to work, I mean, you probably don't have stomach issues because you're just, you know, you're getting up, you go to your car, you go to your office, and and that's it. For me, there's just so much stress-related stuff that's not just me. This is stressful. I have to be in New Jersey, in, uh, you know, the the capital of traffic where I am, and, and I'm giving myself three hours, but now I'm down to less than three hours. You know, now I'm down to two and a half. I look at the GPS and it says it's going to take an hour to get there. It's 20 minutes away. I finally leave the place. The guy brings the car out and I say to him before he leaves, hey, don't turn the car off in the elevator. Sometimes they turn it off in the elevator because they don't want the fumes. And he's like, right. So he doesn't turn it off and we're going upstairs. And, the, you know, he drives the car up until the, the point where I can get in. And they drive it to the lip of the uh, garage. And then he turns it off. And I'm like, did you just turn off the car? He's like, oh, shit. Because it's just force of habit that they turn it off and wait for the person to get in. And uh, thank God it just started again. <laughs> oh, my God. So all this, of course, <laughs> is giving my stomach some issues. I hadn't eaten. All I had was a cup of coffee and I think a, a half of a muffin because because of this reason. I was so out of sorts. I'm driving through the city. I, I, I'm just, you know, very uptight. I know I have to get gas. I had all these other plans I wanted to do before I got to the school, but I knew I couldn't do them. They were all wiped out. 
like maybe stop in the Meadowlands or something. I knew I had to get gas. I wanted to get some water. I wanted to stop at this speedway that we love stopping by before the Meadowlands. And that's what I was going to do. And, you know, I was just panicked. And then I'm on Ninth Avenue and all this traffic, obviously, tr- trying to get to the Lincoln Tunnel. And I hit a bus. I don't know what happened. I was pulling. I don't I don't know what happened. I was not not paying attention. Uh, you know, sometimes I will text at a stoplight, but I wasn't doing it there. You I mean, you really got to pay attention when you're driving here. And my side mirror hit a bus. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know how that, I don't know whether the bus was moving or I was moving. And then my car just kept hitting the bus. And I could see the driver putting up his arms, but I, I just left. Because it looked like it just hit this mirror, but it was, I could hear the crunching. It, 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 I don't know. I got confused and I just kept going. I'm like, if he's not going to stop, I'm not going to stop. And and then I left. And I didn't speed away. I just pretended like everything was okay. Yeah, he hit my mirror. What are you going to do? And then um, it was a city bus. You know, I mean, I could have been in incredible trouble. And then the guy pulls up right next to me. I think it was a woman. Pulls up right next to me and just because that's the bus lane. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I couldn't get out in time. I couldn't outrun the bus. No, I thought they were pulling up beside me to talk to me, but not, everything was okay. I, it's like I said, it was, I, but I mean, I, 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 now, diarrhea, for, forget about that. I might throw up. I'm completely stressed now, you know, because it just hit a fucking bus. I mean, it wasn't like anybody was injured or anything. It wasn't like a hit and run, but, well, I guess it was, but I didn't do it on purpose. I, I really don't know what happened. I, I was just going to another lane. I, 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 I I don't know how I could have misjudged. I mean, am I that old of a man? I just, I don't know how to drive anymore. I don't know. And I'm surprised this has never happened before. I mean, driving through Manhattan just sucks. So I finally got, you know, through the Lincoln Tunnel and the bus went away. And I'm like, I guess everything's okay. But am I stressed? Now I'm ridiculously stressed because it hit a fucking bus. I'm going through the, the tunnel and I'm going and I'm like, you know, we get out and sitting in traffic, but it's expected traffic. Thank goodness. Thank God for that. GPS, the ways and all that kind of stuff. It tells you when you're going to be there. I'm going to be there right on time again, just like last week. And so I stop to get gas. I stop at the store and then I pick up again and get there exactly when they said I was going to get there, which is great. Like, I guess around, I guess around 4.30. Yeah, it was 4.37. That's right. And, you know, class starts at 5.30. I obviously, I like to get there early. I like to get coffee. I like to do all this stuff. I told my nephew, meet me at the Panera Breads at 445 because they close at 5. I got their coffee. They gave it to me for free. Thank God. I guess they knew I was a professor because I was dressed like one this time because it was just such a shit show over there when they're closing. Coffee was awful because it's cold. It's been there all day. It's just the only place to get coffee in town. And my nephew couldn't. I I told him 45 minutes in advance I was going to be there. He couldn't make it on time. I was so angry about that. He's like... But at least I got to meet him. It was it was nice out then. You know, it was a beautiful day, kind of. I mean, it was cloudy because we knew it was going to rain, but it didn't. So we sat outside for a little bit and talked for about 20 minutes, which was always nice. He looks good. And then I went inside because, you know, I wanted to get ready because then I knew it was only going to be. Sometimes I like to get ready. I like to get in my, my classroom at 4.30, set everything up, and then walk around. But this time I knew I was going to. The door opens at 5.15. And so, you know, then I'm always setting up with the class in it, which I don't like. But no big deal. But again, stress. And I, you know, got out of the car. I'm like, all right, my stomach is in knots. 
but I really feel like I'll be okay today. And with the, co- I'm like, why should I have coffee? But I did. I was okay. I didn't have any problems. It subsided. It was all clearly mental stress. So that's why I still am confused. What happened last week? Where I actually went to the bathroom and I did have diarrhea. <laughs> that's this show is so funny, right? <laughs> it's just, oh, but I mean, you can't. Come on, that's a stressful fucking afternoon. The neighbors leaving. The car not starting, hitting a bus, the traffic. Oh, it's very stressful. I finally made it. It was a really good class in the sense it was just a teaching class this time. You know, no tricks, no no guests or anything. It was just teaching, and I think we had a lot of fun. Again, the next semester is going to be two and a half hours. We're talking about 5.30 to 8. That's going to be tough. I don't know how you prepare for that. That's, And that's 16 weeks. And I have a regular job, and it's tough to prepare. Well, of course, I guess some of it will be done because I have some of the clips from this year. But, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work and a lot of lecturing and stuff. But uh, I don't it, <laughs> look at me complaining. These people are doing this on a daily basis, two times a day, three times a day, three, you know, five days a week. I'm complaining about the one day. Of course, that is their job, so it's a little different, but uh, still, you know, I'm just in a two and a half hours. I mean, can I talk for two and a half hours? <laughs> yes. But you got to prepare. I mean, it's like for this show, you know, I mean, I write stuff down, but for this show, I got to have video. I mean, we, I'm in a screening room. I got to show clips. I got to do lecturing. I have slides. I have to put all that together, just like we do for the Tuesday show. The Tuesday show takes me at least a day to prepare, sometimes two. So that's a lot of work for very little money. But... That's what I do. I stay out too late. Got nothing in my brain. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. I go on too many dates. <laughs> but I can't make them stay. At least that's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. That is what I do. Now, I will tell you, taping this on uh, Friday, uh, as, as you may or may not have heard, well, this well this will come out on Tuesday, so for those of you who get it on Saturday, uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber, and you might want to be because you might want to hear about it, you know, Saturday before it comes out, Tuesday, get an advanced copy, and of course the bonus show with all the pictures of the Jets. So the Jets suck because their quarterback is just awful. And you almost feel bad for the guy because he's getting so much shit. This is a day and age where you can't escape it. Social media, talk radio, poor kid. Seems like a nice boy. And he stinks. He is not an NFL caliber quarterback. And yet the Jets keep doubling down. No, he's our guy. He's going to be great. But he's not. And on this Sunday, again, this will already have passed. On this Sunday, he's going to be embarrassed, unless there's some sort of miracle, in front of the entire nation, because he is on Sunday Night Football, which is the national game of the week, playing the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They're coming to the Meadowlands. You probably heard about what's going on, because it is the most talked about thing in the history of sports, because Taylor Swift will once again be at the game. She's coming to New York. 
to cheer on her alleged boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, and that's all anyone's talking about, which means that all these young girls and people, some people are traveling from across the country just to know that they are in the same presence as Taylor Swift. That's how goddamn popular she is. They know they're at the Meadowlands the same time Taylor Swift is, and that's all they're asking to do. They know they're not going to probably see her. You have a better chance of seeing her on TV. NBC is thanking their lucky stars that Taylor Swift is coming because this game is going to be a demolishing of the New York Jets. This game on paper, when the season started, was going to be fantastic with Aaron Rodgers. And they can't flex it because they can't start changing the games they have until week five, which is next week. So they're in this corner and got this lucky break. I wonder if NBC approached Taylor Swift and said, we'll do whatever it takes. We will fund a small nation of charity if you please come. And so she's coming, and everyone knows about it. This Sunday at 8 o'clock, all eyes will be on the Kansas City Chiefs New York Jets game on NBC because only because Taylor Swift will be in the house and it is a phenomenon a true phenomenon that's not using the word carelessly this is incredible and the Jets and Zach Wilson will humiliate themselves probably on national TV now if that doesn't end Zach Wilson's career then I don't know what else would. I mean, these 15-year-old girls are just going to make, even though he's cute as a button, they're just going to be like, boy, he really sucks. And there will never be another Jets fan for the history. And this is where you could maybe pick up a couple of new fans. Of course, even if they win, the the people are going to be angry, so they probably won't be fans. I think there's no way for the Jets to win literally and figuratively oh but it's all anybody's talking about and it's insane and i also secretly love it because at least there's some more and i think aaron Rodgers is coming too i don't know whether you heard but last week you know zach wilson played so horribly joe namath came out of the woodwork and it's like and he never does this he goes hey zach wilson stinks he's usually a gentleman and and I think he's mad because he never met him. And usually, you know, it's like when I got this job that I'm at now at the law firm, I had I went through a temp agency. And this temp agency, I had to meet with the founder of the temp agency before I went any further. Remember, I think I told you, she, I met her on, through Zoom. She's sitting in like a, a chair where the king would sit. And you, you had to, um, uh, what is it? Uh, show, you know, your respect for her. It was like uh, Robert De Niro and Godfather 2 going to see that guy. And I, give me a blessing. Uh, you had to you had to give your respects. It's, it's like in that thing you do where you have to go see Mo Green, the head of the record company. You have to pay tribute. You have to pay tribute. And apparently, Zach Wilson never paid tribute. and The Jets didn't hook it up where you have to pay tribute to Joe Namath. You're going to be the quarterback of the franchise. You have to pay tribute to the greatest living quarterback in the franchise and one of the greatest living quarterbacks of all time, but definitely for that franchise because they stink. So that's hilarious too. Still, the Jets are a hilarious news item and that (laughs) makes me happy, whatever it is, because as you know, we were all invested 
in this season, and the drama and fun uh, just keeps getting better. And if again, if you are a Jets fan like myself, this is expected and hilarious and just another tale of Jets' woe and stupidity and a horrible, horribly put-together franchise. And that all being said, on Monday, I'm going to go to the Giants game, which is the next day at the Meadowlands. I don't know how they do that so quickly. Everything is Jets organized, Jets. And then the next day, the next night, it's all Giants stuff. But, you know, it's like, how do they, the Knicks and the Rangers play at Madison Square Garden or the uh, Lakers and the and the Kings? You know, I mean, how do they change the ice to a thing? They're really good at this. They got it all figured out. So I'll be at the tailgate at the Giants game on Monday. That is the plan. It should be a nice day. I like going to those Monday, Thursday games in October or, you know, when it's at least early in the season. So that should be fun, I guess. And then, as you all know, I leave for L.A. next week. So next week's show will be something I I don't I'm not still sure what I'm going to do but I'll bring you something it might only be a half hour but it'll be something a little interim thing before uh, I come back and tell you all the tales of what happened in LA and the, the celebrity sightings and all the action that'll take place in Los Angeles City of Angels so that's uh, where we are today in another quality episode of Just Gow in the City Although, like I said, there will be a show this week, and there will be a Tuesday show. Uh, I will basically see you live again in two weeks. But otherwise, uh, I'll be around for a little bit, and we will talk again. And just have a wonderful beginning of October. It's the best time of the year. Let's get that Halloween stuff ready. It's too early for Christmas, you idiots. That was on the news today. Get your Christmas shopping done. Shut up wait for November 1st for that. But for now, signing off, I'm Dave Duskow. Good night, everybody. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! Look at that mountain. Look at those trees. Look at that bum over there.